Welcome to the Basketball Update. I'm Adam Nazarelli. This is the update for Monday, November 30th, 2020. So this week's news, guys, there's not a lot of it, unfortunately. Free agency blitzed by us. Our three main pieces of news, though, are first of all, Bam Adebayo re-signed with the Miami Heat for a five-year, $163 million rookie max extension. Which is to be expected. I mean, Bam had fantastic numbers last year. He was fantastic for the regular season bubble and then in the playoffs. So very standard to see that. Brandon Ingram, on the other hand, one of his contemporaries, I guess you could say, as well re-signed with his team a five-year, $158 million rookie max extension with the New Orleans Pelicans. To be expected, Brandon Ingram had a fantastic year last year. It's really too bad we couldn't see New Orleans in the playoffs, but I think we'll see them contest for a spot this year. And then Brandon Ingram's teammate, Steven Adams, who got traded to the New Orleans Pelicans, also re-signed a two-year extension for $35 million. I'm a bit surprised they threw Adams' contract just because I thought they would have seen how he played out this year. But, you know, for what Adams brings, I think this is a fairly reasonable. And by any means, I don't think this will be a bad contract for New Orleans. So unfortunately, that's all the news this week. But for the next few weeks, up until the season starts, we're essentially going to have a special where we go through all the divisions in the NBA, six divisions, three in each conference, and just look at how the teams will assemble and how the season will potentially play out for these teams. So the first division we're going to look at is the Atlantic division. And we'll start with the team I support, the Toronto Raptors. We got a few changes with them, but they don't look too different. Their starting lineup is almost entirely unchanged except for one position, the center. So they're going to be doing the dual point guard lineup of Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet, along with OG Ananobi at the small forward, Pascal Siakam at the power forward. Nothing unchanged there to be expected. They lost Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol in the offseason, but they acquired Aaron Baines. We're to assume Aaron Baines is going to take this spot. I mean, theoretically, it could go to Chris Boucher or Alex Lann or even DeAndre Bembry. But I think with Baines' experience and just him being a proven talent in the NBA, it's it's pretty reasonable to assume he'll, he'll be the starting center for them. And then moving on to their bench, we're still going to have Norman Powell. Like I've said, they've acquired Alex Lann and DeAndre Bembry. Alex Lann has been, to be honest, disappointing in his NBA career, but We'll see what he can do with this new Raptors team with their proven development coaches and see if he can bring a new element. DeAndre Bembry, I think he'll be similar to Rondé Hollis-Jefferson on the Raptors last year where he'll just be a good good body to soak up minutes. Not really expecting much from him either, to be honest. Matt Thomas as well, who was a great shooter last year, gained a lot of confidence, especially in the bubble. He had a, really, a few really good games. I think he'll he'll eat up maybe 15 to 20 minutes this season and we'll see a lot more of him. And then Chris Boucher, I think we'll see a bit more of him too, just being that rim presence and that strong defender he is. And then their head coach position remains the same. Nick Nurse, no surprise there. He's one of the best coaching talents in the NBA. So where do I think this team will end up in the Eastern Conference? Well, it's easy to say they'll do worse. You don't you don't lose Ibaka and Gasol and replace them with Baines, Lennon, Bembry and do better. I guess you could kind of say they re-signed Van Vliet, so they didn't have a terrible offseason, but I think they'll end up anywhere in that 5th to 7th seed range. I don't see them losing a playoff spot just because they do have really good talent in, in all their other positions, but I think 5th to 7th seed range is probably the most appropriate. Moving on to the Boston Celtics, a similar situation with the Raptors here. They have Kemba Walker starting at point guard, Marcus Smart, who will be moving into the starting lineup, presumably, at shooting guard. 
Jalen Brown at small forward, Jason Tatum at power forward, and then newcomer Tristan Thompson, who will be presumably their starting center. So their bench will be Daniel Tice, Romeo Langford, and Semi Ojale. You know, remind me if I'm missing anybody here, Boston fans, but Daniel Tice, I think it'll be really good for him to shift to the bench. He was kind of a weaker presence in some of their playoff series, and I think having a stronger defensive rebounding center will do really well for the Celtics, kind of take that pressure off of Tatum a little bit. Romeo Langford, I added him in just because he was kind of a highly touted pick in last year's draft, and he got injured, and we didn't see anything from him. So we'll see how he does. And then Semi Ojale, he's just that good big man off the bench for them. They have lost some star power. I mean, they've lost Gordon Hayward. He was really big for him. He was their starting shooting guard. You know, it's really unfortunate how Gordon Hayward's career went with the Boston Celtics. He got injured in his second or was it even his first game with them? And he never really fully looked the same like he did with his Utah days, you know. We'll, we'll talk about Hayward on the on the Charlotte Hornets later, but that is definitely a big blow to them. And they also lost Brad Wanamaker, who signed with the Golden State Warriors. And then their head coach, same story as the Toronto Raptors, remains the same. Brad Stevens, another uh, really fantastic coach in this league. How I think Boston will end up, I think it's a similar story with the Raptors, where they'll be a little bit weaker, but I think they have the star power enough to stay around the same range. I'd be really surprised if they didn't get home court advantage in this regular season. So I think from anywhere from the two to four range is where we can expect them. And now we have the Philadelphia 76ers who have changed a lot actually in this Atlantic conference. We'll have Ben Simmons at the point guard, Seth Curry at the shooting guard, Danny Green at the small forward, Tobias Harris at the power forward, and Joel Embiid at center. Seth Curry they acquired in a trade that involved Josh Richardson so they've lost him and I think this is kind of a bit of a lateral trade for them I mean maybe someone could correct me if I'm wrong I think Seth Curry's probably a bit better but he doesn't bring them up to a, a level they really uh, need to be at Danny Green they acquired in, in somewhat of a positive trade for them for Al Horford who they traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder Danny Green was all was kind of floating around a few teams but it looks like he's going to be on the 76ers now He's lost a lot of his three-point shooting capabilities, but as a defender, he still remains a fantastic defender. I think this team will be a really good defensive team, but I'm curious to see how they're going to be offensively because their real weapons are really Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris. And if they're facing a team with strong defensive bigs, I don't know how well they'll uh, play out against them. But they also have acquired Dwight Howard for their bench, and then they also have Matisse Dybul. They definitely have one of the weaker benches in the Eastern Conference, but their starting five should make up for it. And then moving on to their head coach, they acquired Doc Rivers, who I don't remember if he got fired or he resigned or whatever, but their new head coach is Doc Rivers, who replaces Brett Brown. I think he'll do a lot better than Brett Brown. A lot of the criticism with Brett Brown was he was a good developmental coach, but when it came to playoff time and big games, he couldn't really make proper adjustments, which is kind of a criticism of Rivers too. We've seen him lose tons of 3-1 leads in playoff performances, but I think he should fare a bit better than Brett Brown. Where Philadelphia will end up, well, they were the sixth seed last year, and I think it'd be fair to assume they're going to be in the same boat. I think at best we could see them a fourth seed, 
and at worst probably a seventh seed i don't think they would drop to eighth that would be really disappointing for them and now they have daryl Morey as one of their key front office people and i don't think he would make that happen so i think anywhere from fourth to seventh seed we'll see them and now we have the Brooklyn Nets, who I think are probably the most exciting team in the NBA for this upcoming season. We'll have Kyrie Irving at point guard, Karis LeVert at shooting guard, Joe Harris at small forward, Kevin Durant at power forward, and then Jared Allen at center. Not only is this a fantastic starting five, but they also have one of the best benches in the league. They were the seventh seed last year, I believe, if memory serves me correct, and did really well against the Raptors in the playoffs, and they're only adding Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. I mean, it's hard to imagine them outside a top two, top three seed. I mean, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant have had attitude issues in the past. We know that from their previous teams. But man, this starting five has a lot of firepower. Keeping Joe Harris was huge. He's one of the best three-point shooters in the league, and he's a great defender. And they also have this, like I said earlier, a really deep bench. I mean, you have Spencer Dinwiddie who's coming off the bench. I mean, if no injuries occur this year, he could be a lead candidate for sixth man of the year. DeAndre Jordan, Torian Prince, Landry Shamit. I mean, this is a great three-point shooting team. I think they're a solid defensive team, a fantastic on the boards with Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan. They only really lost one player from my research, Zanan Musa, who I think was a solid player for them, but I don't think it's a huge loss. I believe he he signed with the Detroit Pistons. And then their main acquire was Landry Shamit, and he's known for his, uh, his three-point capabilities. And then they have a new coach as well, Steve Nash, who's unproven head coaching in the NBA. He's a brand new coach. Everyone knows who Steve Nash, the player is. I'm hoping this is going to be a savvy signing for the Brooklyn Nets just because of, you know, Steve Nash is such a personality coach and he gets along with so many people. If you've watched any interview with Steve Nash, any kind of basketball clips with him, you just see how well he meshes with people. And Kyrie Irving and Kevin Rand are huge personalities. And if he can reel them in, this could be a fantastic signing for them. So my prediction for them is, like I said earlier, I think one to three seed provided everything goes right. I mean, even if they get a, an injury here or there, I don't see how they could even lose home court advantage for the playoffs. And then our last team in this Atlantic division is the New York Knicks, who, I mean, this the starting lineup I've made up here is really up in the air. They have a lot of uncertainties, but starting point guard is Frank Nielakina, shooting guard Alec Burks, small forward RJ Barrett, power forward Obi Toppin, and center Julius Randle. I think really probably the only nailed positions here are RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and Alec Burks. Point guard could be Dennis Smith Jr., power forward could be Kevin Knox maybe, but Sorry to Knicks fans, you're just going to have a bad team. Like, I don't know how else to say it. You're probably fully aware this is going to be another year in the process as a New York Knicks fan. I don't think it's all doom and gloom. I actually think this is a a fairly solid and respectable team. You know, I'm not going to say for sure you'll do better than the last few seasons, but you finally look like you've developed a respectable team and everyone you can say is at least a decent basketball player. Their bench will be presumably Dennis Smith Jr., Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, and Nerlens Noel. They lost Henry Ellington, Taj Gibson, and Alfred Payton. At the end of the day, they're, the guys they lost are kind of 
50-50 players. I'm a bit curious as to why they decided to release Alfred Payton. He seems like such a solid player. I don't know. He's never really figured it out, but I mean, he's so good passing. He, he's a great rebounder. I feel like he's a solid defender. So I wonder what the reasoning is in that. Maybe they just want to get their younger point guards who they think they can develop more with more minutes. Taj Gibson, he's that solid power forward in the NBA. Henry Ellington, he's never really been able to figure it out. And then, like I said, they've acquired Obi Toppin from the draft. Uh, they picked him eighth or ninth pick. Uh, he's a New York guy. He had really solid stats in college. I think he'll pick up that that starting spot right away. I'd be surprised if he didn't. And then Alec Burks, I think, is a uh, a solid signing for them as well. Finally, a respectable shooting guard for them. And then their uh, their head coach has changed as well. So they had David Fisdale, who went four and eighteen, and then they had Mike Miller, who went seventeen and twenty seven. So I think. Tom Thibodeau was probably a smart coach to hire. Um, he was he's previously on the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Chicago Bulls before that. I think he'll be a good developmental coach as long as he he knows his role as a coach. As long as he knows, hey, I'm not I'm not on a contender. I'm I'm here to develop this team. I think he'll uh, he'll do a good job with them. And it's finally, you know, not the dance of the New York Knicks of just coach after coach after each season because they had David Fisdale, Jeff Hornacek, you know, they've just been going through everyone really. So hopefully Tom Thibodeau can can develop a cast and a team that he wants. Like I said earlier, I think the, the most realistic prediction is still a bottom three team in the Eastern Conference, but if they can prepare for the draft next year and fill out their team more, I think they'll do solid. And then also we have RJ Barrett. He was a, th- he was a third pick last year. I think he's going to really have a good year this year. I know I'm Canadian and I'm biased and I've seen him play before, but I think it was tough last year to judge him when you had John Morant on the Memphis Grizzlies and Zion Williamson on the New Orleans Pelicans who had better players around him, whereas RJ Barrett had really bad players around him. So I think their team filled out a bit more this year and RJ Barrett just being a year stronger and a year older, they'll be better. That is the Atlantic Division. Next week, we'll be looking at the Central Division of the Eastern Conference. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Nazarelli. You can find the show notes at tbu.ffmi.ca. Look forward to our next episode on Monday, December 7th. Thanks for listening.